See this week. This speaker is special to me. He has been my pastor for almost 20 years. He has been the senior pastor and the lead teaching pastor at Church of the Open Door for 38 years. And that is significant to shepherd a group of people for 38 years. But more than that, he has been a spiritual father to me. And I pray that each one of you have somebody in your life, spiritual fathers and mothers that are with you in all seasons of life, but who sow deeply, who plant seeds and sow those seeds. And that's who Dave Johnson has been to me through life challenges, through a cancer journey, through all sorts of seasons of life. He has been a steady influence, he and his wife. And so I, I wanna pray for him, but I do wanna give you a heads up. He speaks really fast. So you gotta be paying attention to keep up with him, right? <laughs> Come on up to you. Mm -hmm. Father, thank you for this man who you have gifted who you have developed and grown, a man who pays attention to the state of his own soul. I pray for him today that as he preaches here, that we would truly have ears to hear, that our hearts and minds would be open, that we would receive what you have to offer through him. We love you, Lord. Amen. Magunina, um, yeah, the thing about talking fast, I do, I was going to, I will try to talk slow if you try to listen fast, just kind of speed up your listening. Um, thank you, Nina, uh, God bless you, I'm delighted to be here for a number of reasons, not the least of which is just going to spend some time with Nina, so I'm happy about that, but also the topic. Um, Nina asked me to come and talk about the kingdom of God, and I'm delighted to talk about that, I'm hoping to, over the next couple of days, among other things, just paint some pictures for you about what it is and how it expresses itself. To jumpstart our thinking, I'd like to start with this question. What exactly are we asking for when we're asking for the kingdom to come? Thy kingdom come. Jesus taught us to pray that way in Matthew chapter 6. Thy will be done on earth, on earth, thy kingdom Come and, and, and all by itself, right off the bat, that little phrase on earth reveals something to us about the nature of the kingdom of God because whatever else it is or whatever else it isn't, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven uh, is not just about heaven. It's thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven because when Jesus came proclaiming in Matthew chapter 4, that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He was proclaiming that the kingdom of heaven, that the rule and reign of God um, was within your reach. It is at hand, it is within your reach, and that life in the kingdom of God is available, um, it is accessible to ordinary people just like you and just like me. So put your confidence in me, is what Jesus is saying. Put your confidence in me, which is faith. Have faith in me, and then follow me uh, into an entirely different kind of life, a new kind of life, an eternal kind of life that doesn't kick in when you die because you go to heaven. It's an eternal kind of life that you're invited into right here and right now under the rule and reign of God. And by right here and right now, I mean right here and right now in my life and in yours, right here and 
right now, living under the rule and reign of God in this room, in this school, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, right here, right now. But um, when we pray that way, uh, it's not a magic wand. Sometimes I think about, I'm going to pray for the kingdom to come, and I'm kind of closing my eyes, putting my head down, and hoping God brings the kingdom somewhere over there and fixes it. Uh, there's something involved. We are involved in this. In fact, that, that prayer um, is a prayer of submission. Thy kingdom come. Whatever else that means is I'm saying, my kingdom go. My kingdom go. Uh, but there's a rub because here's the truth. The kingdom of God that we pray for um, and that we all say we want um, will actually be in conflict with every other kingdom, including our own kingdom or kingdoms. Indeed, Dallas Willard says it this way, and quite bluntly, uh, that the greatest hindrance to the kingdom of God, the activity of the kingdom of God in my life in this school is not uh, Satan, it's not demons, it's not some evil big force out there, it's my little kingdom. It's this demand that all of us have, every single one of us do, and we can all feel it, to do what I want to do, when I want to do it, the way I want to do it, you can't tell me, and all of us get that and have that spirit from time to time, but let me clarify something else here. As I'm trying to put this thing together, when I'm talking about kingdoms, we all have kingdoms, um, and um, while they need to come under the authority of God, the kingdoms that we have, as it were, are not bad things. Indeed, it's all part of the original design. Hang with me on this. In the garden where God created, we were created by God with the capacity and desire to rule and to reign. God in the garden said to Adam and Eve, I want you to rule and subdue and multiply, reign, govern this thing. And we've got that capacity to create and to rule and to build. So when we do build or create great art or great literature, or architecture, or we build a business, or a family, or a church, or a school. That's all good stuff. That's God's stuff, actually. Because God created us to be creators, to, to have in some sense our own little kingdom, not a bad thing, where we, what we want in our little kingdom, where what we want to get done is what gets done. It might be a small kingdom that you have, like your bed. Anyway, that's funny someplace else. I don't know. Um, but this is where the problems come in, as I'm trying to paint this picture here of kingdoms, because kingdoms uh, are in conflict. Because when someone begins to believe on campus or somewhere in your life, and then begin to act as if they were the king, and that their little kingdom is the ultimate kingdom, uh, we soon discover not everybody agrees with them, or with you, if you think you're the king, and do, indeed we all soon discover that there are all sorts of kingdoms out there, and now what you have is kingdoms in conflict, and if you need an example of kingdoms in conflict, this is not a big theological thing, read a paper, and there you have kingdoms in conflict. Um, watch the news, go to city council meeting, go to church business meeting, church business meetings are best because you can pretend in a church business meeting that you really care about God's kingdom, but it's really your kingdom, and you've seen those things play out. Just disagree with someone, and you'll see kingdoms in conflict such that it actually begins. This kingdom in conflict thing begins to provide the explanation for the nightmare, actually, that we have seen play out in human life in 
history, including church history, and so we pray for something else. As you read the paper, you pray, pray for so thy kingdom come. I don't know how thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth. Come express your life in these things. And, and the thing we need to understand when we say thy kingdom come, it's this. Because it's the only way human kingdoms, which are fine to have, the only way they can actually work is when the people in them are learning to live in submission to the rule and reign of God in the kingdom of God right here and right now, all of which means, among other things, this, that the kingdom of God is not just a future hope, someday far away, in a heaven when you die kind of thing. It is a present reality that can bring healing and hope and restoration right in the middle of conflicting kingdoms, and it can bring these healing and restoring things to every aspect aspect of actual life in very practical ways. I want you to think about it because the rule of God in your life or in mine will have an effect on how you live, on how you love, on how you give, on who you marry, on who you want to marry, on how you treat who you marry. It'll have an effect on your job and how you do it, on your money and how you spend it, the house you live in, the car you drive. Which actually, um, if you're hearing that, might give you pause to pray this prayer because it's not just about heaven when you die. If it's heaven when you die, that's way far, far away. Um, this is about a whole new kind of life. Right here, right now, an eternal kind of life under the rule and reign of God and the kingdom of God. And so we pray the kingdom come. Let me give you two things. Pulling this together. Try to simplify this. Two hooks to hang your thoughts on as we spill then these thoughts into tomorrow. The first is this. I want you to just, just, if you forget everything else, remember this. That the gospel of the kingdom is absolutely central to the message and the mission of Christ. Indeed, he spoke of few things more often. He was constantly speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. His teaching pre proclaimed the reality of the kingdom. His works demonstrated the power of the kingdom. When he healed the sick and cast out demons, his parables revealed the essence of the kingdom or the nature of the kingdom because the kingdom of God may not be what you think. It's actually like a treasure hidden in a field. It's like a pearl of great price. It's like a sower going out to seed his Prayer encourages us and invites us to actually desire the kingdom and to pray for it to come, to ask for it to manifest in our lives, in our school, in our world, his death and resurrection. And then the distribution of his spiritual gifts raises us to become instruments in the advancing of his kingdom right here, right now. And then his second coming promises the culmination of his kingdom when everything that's wrong will be made right and all will be restored, and every knee will bow. But until then, we pray. Into this chaos, into these conflicting kingdoms, thy kingdom come, thy will be done right here, right now, on earth. But when we pray that way, we need to know um, that things will move. Because praying that way, I believe, touches the heart of God. It will move the hand of God. It will release resources of God. It will advance the work of God 
because it is absolutely essential to the mission of God. Um, and it has been from the beginning. Second thing I want you to know and kind of keep in mind would be what are the marks of the kingdom? What does it look like when it manifests? What are the telltale signs? How do you know it's showing up? I'll give you one. Keep it simple. Um, things get restored. That'd be, I mean, there's other things. Keep it simple. Things get restored. Things get brought back to the original condition that got designed and desired every time so you see something restored. I'm not saying the restoration was the kingdom, but it ought to remind you of the kingdom. That's what the kingdom does. I don't care if it's a car that was rusty and falling apart. It gets restored. That's not the kingdom. It's what the kingdom does, though. That's what it looks like. So when the kingdom comes to people who are dead in their transgressions and in their sins, God makes them alive together with Christ because he doesn't just forgive them. He brings them to life. Dead people are now alive. He delivers them then from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. And what's restored in that context is what God designed and desired for us to be from the very beginning. And so we pray thy kingdom come. And when the kingdom comes to marriages, the way you can tell is something gets mended. As relationships get restored, finances get released, hungry people get Fed. Poor people get closed. Oppressed people are set free. Sick people are healed. Inner city blight begins to bloom with life. And so we pray thy kingdom come. But you got to be careful about praying this thing because it isn't a magic wand where we pray it and God does it in the inner city. When we pray this way, <laughs> the scary part is uh, you might end up feeding the hungry yourself. You, you, you might end up housing the homeless, healing the sick, giving your money, fighting for justice, speaking the truth into things that are fuzzy and lies, because when the kingdom comes, again, it's not a magic wand. The God just waves and things are fixed. He uses kingdom people like you and like me, who are learning how to live in everyday ways under the rule and reign of God in order to bring the rule and reign of God to earth. And when that happens, it's just the weirdest thing. Things get restored. You might not even see it right away. You might have to look back. Whoa, something happened there. The kingdom came. Something got healed that was broken. And it touches every sphere of human life. We cast some vision here. You hear this from the writers of the scripture, the prophets. Uh, never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. He's talking human hunger, human thirst. So when the kingdom comes, it touches basic human need. When am I doing kingdom work? When I'm in church? Yeah, I hope. But when you touch basic human need, like hunger and thirst, that's kingdom work. Never hungry, never thirsty. It touches politics and the governing of nations. Isaiah 2, verse 4, they will beat their swords into plowshares, spears into pruning hooks. Nations will not take up the sword against nation, nor will they train for war. Isaiah 11, 6, the wolf will lie down with the lamb. Fat chance. Um, infants, listen to this. This is a dream of the prophet. 
infants will play near the hole of the cobra, put their hands in the mouth of a viper and not be harmed. The imagery there is that natural enemies will no longer be natural enemies. There will be some sort of peace. So young women um, wouldn't be afraid anymore. To walk through a park in the middle of the night, parents wouldn't have to tell their children to never trust strangers. And the lion would lie down with the lamb and the dog will make peace with the rabbit and the cat will be no more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure the kingdom of God is not going to arrive on Air Force One. Um, Jesus rode in on a donkey, incredible contrast there. Um, but what if the guy on Air Force One, and I'm not talking about necessarily our present president, I'm just talking about someone in that kind of position of power. What if that guy, that gal, that man or woman um, began to pray every day, thy kingdom come, my kingdom go? Um, you think it would be different? Um, you think that's naive? Uh, to think someone would pray that. Would you think that a leader like that could actually lead? Could they lead a church? If, if they were praying, thy kingdom come, my kingdom go, you think petty squabbles would vanish? Um, would the hungry get fed? Would the poor be clothed? Would blind people see? Lame people walk? Would dead people rise? Dream with me. Just... A little bit, because when the kingdom comes and God uses us to be agents of it, teenage girls will look at magazine covers and then in the mirror and think to themselves, I look just right. <laughs> I look just right. Um, because under the rule and reign of God, beauty itself gets redefined. And we will see and celebrate the beauty God sees, regardless of size or shape or color or gender and so we pray thy kingdom come it changes everything you guys family life is redeemed luke 1 verse 7 the hearts of the parents will turn to their children so when the kingdom comes no separation or divorce no adultery or abuse or neglect no unloved or unwanted child not one Feels like a dream, that's why we pray. Thy kingdom come to my life first, to my desires first, under the rule and reign of God will I live. Members of a household will stay up late at night thinking up ways to bless and to serve the other members of the household. Little children, when the kingdom comes, will insist that their brothers and sisters get the biggest peace. And people will turn on television shows with titles like, my, my spouse secretly loves me more than I ever dreamt. Ezekiel 36 says, when the kingdom comes, hearts of stone are replaced with hearts of flesh. So hearts that can't feel or love or forgive or give find supernatural capacity to do all of that. And then maybe the most beautiful words ever written about the kingdom of God, Revelation 21, and I heard a loud voice saying, now the dwelling place of God is among men and women. Amen. And he will live with them and they will be his people and he will be their God and we will feel at home. We talk sometimes about the power of a vision. 
Well, Jesus casts the ultimate, most compelling vision that the human race has ever heard when he said, the kingdom of heaven is within your reach. It is accessible to you. It is available to you through me. So put your confidence in me and begin to follow me and my way of living and loving. Incredible vision he cast. Because when people heard it and then began to understand it, they started devoting their lives to it. They gave their hearts to it. They sacrificed their possessions for it. Their homes and their careers became about it. They lived for it. They died for it. And they, they did it laughing and dancing and singing for joy. And all of that starts with this really little thing. The prayer. It's the rule and reign of God. That the kingdom of God would, would, would come into my heart and yours and my life and yours into this room and to this school and so we pray thy, thy kingdom come thy, thy will be done my kingdom go thy kingdom come on earth right here right now and when that begins to happen you'll know because um, people who were dead in sin will begin to come alive and then and people who were far off will be brought near. And, and hungry people will start being fed and oppressed people will be set free and poor people will be clothed. And so we pray, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done right here, right now. And so we pray. It starts small. Kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, starts small, then it grows, and you can't stop it. You can't stop it. Holy Spirit, come into this place, into our hearts. We declare to you your right to rule in our lives, in our school, in this community, and may it spread and spread and spread. We pray these things in Jesus' name, and all God's people said. Amen. Amen. God bless you.